BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have Carolyn Castiglia is here at my house. Yay! It's Yay! so great. You know, it is Castiglia, but I don't get oh, upset. Oh, really? Well, look at everybody. Wait, say it again. Castiglia. So much prettier than Castiglia. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know what's funny? I always ask people before, and this time I was like, oh, I got it. Yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm going to nail this yeah, one. I'm going to really lean into that yeah. G. Castiglia. <laughs> yeah. Castiglia. But I mean, it's amazing people I mean people I've known for over a decade to say it wrong and maybe I'm just not adamant enough about it because it doesn't like bother me but yeah. I do like to say it right because it is Castagula you know I mean yeah. you get a lot no, of Castilia Castilia is like a flower yeah. that I've never heard of <laughs> And it's only in the wild and like it is. hummingbirds are just huge fans. Yeah. Like I get it. Yeah. And that's actually true. Hummingbirds are a huge fan of me. I really? was in my friend's wedding in Denver in the mountains and it was a very small wedding, like five or six of us. And a hummingbird landed on my corsage. Really? Yes. It was very deep. Yes. It was very Kate Wolf. <laughs> 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 I really am starting to I mean I am listen I, I know I'm out there but it's getting worse for anyone <laughs> some of my listeners are like it's getting too spiritual listen get, bu buckle your seatbelts or go yeah. to the, or go the fuck to another podcast oh did you not because... want to go to Nirvana yeah. okay <laughs> all right well or Narnia well, Nar you know, same thing <laughs> Or Atlantis. Yeah, exa exactly. Yeah. Truth. Um, <laughs> I love you. I think you're so funny with that shit because you're just, you present it without any level of self-consciousness. That's what I think is so great about it is that you're like, I recognize that to some, this means I should be locked up. Yes. However, I fully believe that there are aliens under the sea, you know, and I think it's truth. great. Truth. Another <laughs> truth by Carolyn Castilia. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at if these fucking right wing nut jobs can do it. Why not you? Listen, the thing is, is there's so much more to all of this than we can see. Do you know what I mean? Like, w we live in this society. It's like, I need to see it to believe it. And yet we believe in things that we can't see. We were just told them in textbooks. So we just took them without questioning them. Mm -hmm. But there's so Atlantis is not even that crazy of a thing. Like to us, we scoff at it because we yeah, didn't learn about it. Yeah, it's like a fallen it. civilization under the water. That makes perfect sense. Exactly. It's like, what's going to happen after global warming? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to oh, be yeah. called 
New York. Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, all those those sky- I do when I when I'm in the city sometimes and I look at all the skyscrapers, I'm like, gonna be underwater. Oh, gonna be dude. underwater. Listen, I try not to um uh catastrophize anymore, <laughs> right? Um, because it's a bad habit of mine and I, and I've gotten out of it lately, which is good. But, um, yeah, I mean, of course you, you, you you ride on the BQE and you look across the water and you think, how the fuck, this is a terrible idea. (laughs) Who thought this was a good idea? The biggest city in the world surrounded by water (laughs) on an island where you can only get out through like a couple bridges and tunnels. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When the last guy was dating, we would joke about the apocalypse or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely staying in New York. Like, I'm going down. When the shit happens, I'm going down. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to not... be out. I'm going to know. Oh, and that was him, I'm gonna too. I'm going to talk to the aliens beforehand. <laughs> and they're going to be like, honey, this is where you got to go. I'm going to be like, well, check. if we can get an early lift, oh, you w- then I'll come with. We're going to but... know. Listen, the healers and the people that for real don't think we're crazy because we get channeled messages and stuff like that. The people who are awake and in and, and alignment with those things we're all going to know when it's time to go and everyone will get a warning. Most people are going to be like, no, well, you know what? No, listen, think about it. Let's take it out of the, the kooky spiritual plane for a second. Okay. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Fine. (laughs) This is going to be our dynamic. I'm going to just, let's bring it back to earth. I'm going to reality check you. All right. Um, But, but on an animalistic level, Right, it which makes not, perfect sense. Which, which is the same as as the spiritual. Because okay, but are let's let's just use different words that more Fine. people are open to. Okay, right. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Fine. Fine. You know, talking about your animal instincts, right? This actually happens. Birds know, oh, a huge storm is coming. Yes. I can feel it in my wings and they fucking fly away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that does make sense, you know? But that's kind of what I'm saying. I say it in a way that sounds kookier, but to me... By the way, I never say the word kooky, but every time I think of you, I'm like, she's so kooky. I know. It's yeah. like uh, that character, the hippie character in all the sitcoms. That kid's so kooky. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, <laughs> even though I'm out there, I think I still have a groundedness to me no you definitely do because you have a very fierce energy you know in a good way yeah yeah no yeah I'm a fierce I'm a fierce woman but um to me the things just make sense in that way what you said it's like the quote-unquote channeled messages you could also just say it's that sixth sense that animals are always in tune with Mm -hmm. we can pick up on things they don't even need words oh no they just do the shit yeah they look at each other like yep time to fly (laughs) south got it yep yep because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say there, but it, it, it just makes sense to me. Oh, I know what I was going to say. It was about, uh, fuck, I lost The channeled it again. messages. It was something knowing. about, oh, because we know that the, the sea levels are going to rise. Glaciers are yeah. melting. So it's like an obvious thing that even if you're into just science and not into the spiritual stuff, it, it, things that are surrounded by water are going to eventually disappear. I don't know if it's in our lifetime, when that's going to be. Scientists, not the spiritual people, although maybe both, yeah, probably have a better um, timeline when that's going to happen. It's just going to happen. I'm not happy about it. I'm not like, yay, yeah. things are going to be underwater. But it's just nature. It's, it's how things work and climates change. And that's what's going to happen. Listening to you say that, which is a very you know pragmatic, realistic thing, I have that, uh, you could refer to it as the voice of the oppressor or, or the Republican voice or my mother, whatever you want to call it, um, that's like, and that's why you shouldn't build a house on the water. You know what I mean? Right? That voice that's always yeah. like, 
you should know better. It's just oh. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Well, that's kind of what we were talking about downstairs because that doesn't mean you can't live in New York City right now or get a house on the beach because it's all about being in the moment. And if you want to live by the water, if you want to live in Manhattan, by all means, embrace that shit, you mm-hmm. know? It's just funny how... Our culture is so victim blaming, you know, that like you kind of uh, unless you open up in ways that you and I were talking about before we started recording and and you can kind of tune those voices out. It's very hard to enjoy living in the moment because, you know, there's someone right on the other fucking side of that moment willing to tell you that the outcome of whatever that moment was, was your fucking fault. And it's all about blame and it's all about you could have done it better. I mean, this is this is what I'm recovering from talking about healing is that I grew up with literally like every fucking thing you do is wrong and you should have fucking known better. And that's uh, so oppressive. It it really just flattens the whole sphere of life where it's like we are meant to make quote unquote mistakes. I don't even see them as mistakes. I mm-hmm. say quotes because that's how other people would see them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in my belief, there are no mistakes. Everything is leading you to where you want to be and the things you the decisions you made in the past allow you to know what do I want to do in the future or in the present moment even Mm -hmm. well that's why I love comedy because in comedy there literally are no mistakes and quite often the mistake is the best part of the show yes right and that is so beautiful to me and that's I guess a way I never articulated this part out loud but that's a way for me to take the power back and go fuck you there are no mistakes and even when I do it wrong I do it right I do it even better than I could have if I did it right yeah. You know what I mean? But your fuck you is going to change once you really own. Once once the part of you that still beats yourself up for quote unquote mistakes or things that you view as mistakes, when those people say things, it'll bother you a little, but you're going to look at them and be like, oh, you're still beating yourself up over things. Mm. And it won't even have as much. I'm still working on that thing, but it's shifting right now. Whereas I used to care so much about what people would think of my decisions and my choices until I realized that's just their strictness mm-hmm. that they're putting on me. But it's shifting as I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go live my life. Like you can think it's a mistake, but like I'm the one in my body, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you eventually just go like, okay, like, yeah, you're not raising my son with me and like driving to freaking Walgreens. Like, like it doesn't, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. It's like, People want to like, like, oh, don't do that. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm going to always chase my my wildest passion, even if it gets me uh, my heart broken or whatever, whatever. It like, reminds me. I don't know why. I guess it's because we're sitting in a room <laughs> with a painted wall that Kate painted with her son. It's on my Instagram if you want to see it. There's just a tiger chilling on a bush. You know, it's very it's very 90s in here right now. Amazing. So, so the lyric that came to mind while you were saying all of that is this Sarah McLaughlin lyric that is a song. I think a daughter is singing to her mother where she's like, it might not be right for you, but it's right for me <laughs> I just always loved that I love your voice she sang to me in the car for a quick sec and I was like okay you have the voice of an angel oh god you can by the way this podcast if you want to break out in song whenever <laughs> it well, is I love completely to sing. okay so I love to sing and I sing at church uh, church of the infinite you with Jean Grey at Ooh. Union Hall oh you'd love that you gotta come it's great and maybe you can get involved going into Brooklyn at this point is like <laughs> 
It takes me like over an hour. It's a fucking how much like $15 toll. I do it when I have to. Like I go in the city for shows, but at this point, I'm like, yeah. It sounds beautiful. And if I'm ever around for it, fuck yeah. But I'm like, ugh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm such a hermit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not worth it. Um, No, but it's great. And we we sing and uh, sometimes I get to sing lead on stuff, which is really lovely. Can you sing something from it? Oh, well, we don't have to do the whole thing. No, but but I won't. So last weekend or maybe two weeks ago now, I'm not sure. You know how everything's a blur. um, We sang Creep. Like really, with no warning, I and love so that song. luckily, yeah. I mean, everybody kind of knows that yeah. song, you know. And so, um, my friend Anna Wise, who's also in the choir, who is a fucking amazing singer and musician, definitely check her out if you haven't heard of her. She has a very beautiful ethereal voice, and so she sang the verses in her beautiful, ethereal, soft, angelic voice, and I sang the choruses in my big-ass belt. And and Jean conceived of this, you know, and she was like, I knew it was going to be Can perfect. Can I hear? Can I hear? Uh, <laughs> Just a well, little. Just a little. Yeah. Sure. I'll okay, pull okay. the mic back. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and the I'm story so is, I was a little sharp on one of the notes. I have a degree in musical theater, but I graduated 20 years ago, and I, I mostly do comedy, so I don't train my voice anymore so when I sing it's just coming from like a raw place and not from a very technical place so that's one of the things I I beat myself up about was that I was like you were a little sharp on that note but I told the sound guy that because he was like you sounded amazing and I said yeah but I was sharp on this note he goes let it go you move people (laughs) I was like all right yeah fine fair great all right go uh but I'm a creep I'm a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. <gasps> She's running out again. Running out. She run, 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 run. Etc. Etc. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> love that. Yeah. When people have voices like yours and just go for it, like my soul literally just like soars. Like I'm like yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's like, what's fun to sing, right? It's fun it's to so do good. comedy. It's fun to dance. We talked about this a little bit on Daughter Knows Best. We haven't released the episode yet, but by the time this is released, maybe yours will be out. But yes, that was a podcast I'm doing with my daughter and Kate and Shane, her son came on and we're talking about, you know, kids being so free and dancing and like all the artistic expressions. It's all about the, the like one chance because we don't we we have to work right you can't just be a fucking idiot all day so it's like the one chance you get to really actually put your soul outside of your body I think yeah you know like or I think come even more into your body damn girl I should have known you were gonna say that (laughs) sorry (laughs) but it's true I think I think a lot of the time we're so in our heads that we're actually outside of our bodies in that thing oh and I think when we're dancing or singing it's one of the times we're in our bodies and that's what we all want well that too yes i know what you mean at least certainly with dancing i mean that's in fact i think i want to talk about blockages spiritual blockages i think i have a block like i am a little bit chubby it's okay it doesn't bother me i like it i like my body i like being who i am and i actually feel that it's right for me but 
I want to be fit in the sense that I want to be able to be active all the time. Yeah. So I, I have a desire to want to do yoga, to want to dance, just to keep my cardio up, you know, so that it's easy to go up and down the subway stairs and just so that I'm always feeling energetic. And just to feel good. Right, exactly. Although sometimes you do them and you're like, oh, when's this over? But Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I think especially with dancing and yoga, it's like, it's not like running on a treadmill in the gym. It's like you're, you're, there's a spiritual element too. And so that's why... Of all the exercise you can do, those are two things I want to do. Some people get it through running. You know, when they go out on the streets and they run. Running hurts my knees, but I know I can do yoga and I know I can dance. And I resist doing it because I think I'm afraid to feel that good. Isn't that crazy? My friend Miranda has this thought of like, uh, how good can you stand it? Mm -hmm. It's a really tough question once you hear it out loud. (laughs) And you're like, I'm not very, I guess. We're, most of us do not know how to receive in general. And the biggest thing would be love. And that doesn't have to be romantic love. But most of us like to project and we don't know how to receive. And it's linked to what you're saying. Like, we're like, too much goodness, too much goodness. Shut it down. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. And so I know I would feel good doing it. I know it would change my life. But I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. It's, it's really fucked. But it's, see... It's not fucked. It's so human. Do you know how many of us, like, we have things, whether it's working out or a passion we want to take up, and we hit that wall, and we're like, and then we start to beat ourselves up, which is the thing not to do. Mm -hmm. There's a way to say, I really want to do this. I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And to be okay with that. Because, And we were talking a lot about this in the kitchen of, you know, scarring, spiritual scarring happens when you try to force something that for whatever reason you're not ready for. Mm -hmm. So there are so many things that like, even before I painted this, there were some days where I was like, Oh, just get the paintbrush, you know, do it. And I, for whatever reason, I was like, I don't have it in me to paint. And then you get this guilt, like you should be painting, you should be. And then eventually I did enough work to just kind of accept where I'm at and not try to make sense of why I'm not ready Mm -hmm. and also not blame the external world. Like we do that, especially in relationships, like, um, oh, well, I'm ready, but this person isn't. And it's like, well, that's not really entirely true because we co-create. So, it, you know, even though you might be playing the role of chaser, um, together you're probably both not ready. Because if you're really ready, it will be there. Yeah, I mean, that's deep and, and hurts me in a way because I'm like, it's kind of not, a fair assessment, even though it might be true. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like sometimes it doesn't acknowledge effort. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think it does. Do you? Yeah, I think it does. I don't think, because look, I don't know anyone who puts in as much spiritual effort than me. Like, I am constantly doing everything I can, you know, including parenting as best I can. Um, painting, going to yoga, going to my spiritual school, doing comedy. And, and yet I have yet to have fully the life of my dreams because there is something that in me that probably isn't fully ready for all that love. And that doesn't have any, um, that doesn't mean I'm a piece of shit. It just means I have to do a lot of work to be able to receive the love I deserve. All right. So let me reality check you on this then. I agree with you. I get it. I do. I understand how law of attraction became so popular. And I know you believe in manifesting things. And I could see in my own life where 
I have manifested things, whether I was doing it on purpose or not, you know. But I also think, okay, but then what about the forces of the market and capitalism and society? You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot to put on people because what ends up happening, Kate, is that then the most vulnerable among us, right, have then theoretically created their own prisons and that doesn't seem fair you know but that's when not, does it become that's not what i you said ga- well all right but wh- you know what i mean it's like well you gave yourself cancer you know what i mean well you you made yourself a human being that is racially oppressed or you know what i mean like so how do you balance those two? Ooh, my central new york really came out how do you balance all that crap well, what you're actually tapping into is the balance between the personal ego and then the impersonal which is like the universe the other side you know before in my opinion that you even incarnate into this because what you're having a problem with is essentially um like I would never say to uh, a five-year-old in poverty you know <laughs> you're creating this <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. but at the same time I believe that before we even enter into the physical world there are certain plans I'm not sure how tight they are because f- this is a free will plane where you you know even once you come in if you had a plan beforehand you can still make different choices whatever whatever because the plan when you incarnate here is to be purposefully blind it's to have the veil and to not remember our divine nature and how much power we truly have. So you can still be a victim and not a victim. That is non-duality. That's the ego. That's the personal and the impersonal where it can be true that to one extent you're a victim, but then you're also not because you actually are limitless. Do you get what I'm saying? So I do, but then how, but then apply that to a real life scenario. Okay, well, I always have to use me. Whenever I've tried to use another situation, it doesn't have the same thing because mm-hmm. I didn't live through it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I was born um, in a household where, two house, well, they split, but I was born in a household where there was a lot of um, anger, rage, blah, 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 blah. But I still don't even blame my parents because they went through Mm -hmm. their own stuff. And in my school, they call it poison ground, where you're energetically placed in an environment. And this is the thing you're talking about. Because I'm not, what was the word? Because I'm a victim and not victim, I absorbed the energies of that environment, those people, those things, which makes me a victim in that sense, because I didn't have a choice. Like a little kid can't be like, um, no, I'm going to energetically not take in your rage or that we're, children are soft, malleable, beautiful creatures. So we take these things in and we learn how to shape shift and survive these environments. So then we become usually very unconscious. We, we have these things where we're hiding our power. We have a lot of self-hate that we're not, not even aware. Not if you're the fire starter. She didn't hide her power. You never saw fire. No. Oh, Is that with Drew Barrymore? Yes. I saw the uh, the poster. <laughs> That's how I know that. No, I never saw it. I never saw she it. She was a little kid with power. Well, okay. So not the fire starter. <laughs> Fine. Or poltergeist or whatever. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so we take on these things. But the whole thing with healing and evolution is some people, and not everyone's in karmically even a place where they can have, which I think you're saying, the um, privilege of doing soul evolvement, which I do think is linked to karma in a certain way. But then you get to a certain place where something shifts, usually as an adult, where you're able to transmute 
these wounds I mean, you through know, healing work. You know I'm open to all these ideas and I agree with much of it. But my concern is that it's easy to feel this way when you're a white lady, for example. So right? I don't I don't like doing that. I really cuz that that's and a I, problem I have with cuz that's even a racist statement in itself and I have real issue. I'm not saying that there isn't white privilege. Totally not saying that. But we get to a certain place where we start being like, oh, well, easy for you to do that because you're done. It's, it's path shaming in a whole other way that's unnecessary. While also acknowledging, of course, that there is white privilege. But I went through so much fucking shit. And I don't know why I had a spiritual awakening. I don't freaking know. But my color to me is like, okay, like, do you know what I mean? Because there are tons of white people who are fucking completely asleep and in total pain yes i know and, and I, there are tons of black people and indian people or whatever their color that are completely awake you know and even a lot of them who are in other countries of poverty who are completely awake and living lives that are so in tune with the universe and things like that well this is we were talking about this in the car when you picked me up like obviously you know the cult, the traditional culture in India completely supports this kind of spirituality, yes. right? And the American culture of capitalism doesn't. So I guess that's, I was thinking about it in terms of being somebody who lives in America. You know, if you are not white in America or it, let's say, you know, leaving race out of it, if you are not real middle class or above, or you don't have some privileges that allow you to 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 feel like you can manifest stuff. I mean, I guess because like I'm sure you've been We're talking two different things, though, because, you know, just living in America with our capitalistic society, having a spiritual awakening is something to be applauded no matter what color you are, no matter where you came from to be truly in tune, not like, quote unquote, woke, but like to actually be on a spiritual path in a capitalistic society or anywhere, I don't care. I applaud you to want to go within because going within really means if you want to talk about Christ consciousness, it's remembering we're all one and that compassion to yourself breeds compassion to everyone else. So I don't care where you came from, what color you are. If you want to go within and love yourself and in turn love others, amazing. I don't, you know what I mean? That's why but I guess like, what I'm saying is, is that some people are living lives that make it hard to do that. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. But that's but that doesn't mean you shame the ones who have gotten to their awakening. And there are some people who were in poverty and had all the things stacked against them that still were, for whatever reason, able to awaken from the illusion that we're powerless. Yeah. Although that is harder for some people than others. But it's not just because of the external factors. I think it's even karmic. Like it's like past lives determine it like there's a whole other thing other than what we can see that det- I don't know why I had a spiritual awakening I was fucking atheist and then boom I had Shane my divorce shattered me I ended up in the hospital then I did shrooms one time had a car accident like a near-death experience like you know what I mean but those could have all been planned before my birth I don't know exactly how that works but that's why I'm saying like these things are almost so much bigger than us that we can't be like oh well you're white. So that's no. You know what I and mean? I don't mean to to bring yeah. any shame into it at all. Yeah. I just think that, you know, other people might say that. Do you know what I mean? Other. Well, I get I mean, I get that. But it's like it, it just feels 
beside the point because the truth is, is when you really tap into this knowledge that we're so powerful and the universe is within, when you can really get to that place and you can't, you can only, I'm not a fan of the secret because the secret taps into just the law of attraction while skipping the intense spiritual work. The secret's like, oh, you want a red car? Think about a red car. Have a red car vision board. And I'm like, your soul doesn't want the fucking red car. Do you know what I mean? Like, what if what your soul really wants is to move into a cabin that you, that you build on your own and to grow an organic farm and feed people from your village? Like, Well, so then how do you discern between the two? Um, sometimes you can't until you're ready to, you know, like <laughs> seriously, you know, my ego manifested up until recently, you know, like what I thought it's very hard without doing deep spiritual work to know the difference between what your ego is wishing and what your soul desires. Yeah. I, I think in, in my own life, I've seen moments where I could, I could tell one was one and one was the other, you know, or just the thing of like, I thought I wanted this, but in truth, I realized I wanted this to put it maybe more simply, but like for you, how did you know? Cause I know you, you think about these things in terms of like your, your, spiritual school like you're learning particular lessons in a particular school of thought so like using that how did you figure out the difference between your ego Mm. and then your your spiritual truth well I'd say it's a mixture of my school my school's amazing but I've taken some of that and then I'm constantly reading interneting doing my own exploration so it's also through my own life lessons because I believe in things that my teachers would not necessarily agree with so some of it's the school some of it's just me And that's important in this because for me, recently in telling the difference between my ego and my soul, the ego is way more urgent and impulsive. Mm. The ego wants it right now. It thinks it's going to disappear when the soul is on the pace with nature, which is way slower. So that's one thing, I think, one way to really feel into is this my soul driving me or my ego? The ego is normally way more like we need this now, 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 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I'd say that's that's like right now my main way to know. But also recently I've just really started trusting my heart um, way <laughs> that's more. That's funny because, <laughs> you know, I get it. I get brain ego right let's just Mm -hmm. be simple I know you know the ego is a psychological construct but let's let's equate brain with ego right now for for uh in terms of dividing up the body right and I know soul is kind of like in here right in the center of your body there there is sort of the core of your being when you talk about heart I'm like yeah what actually is it (laughs) what actually is it I mean like I know but you know what I mean I don't get to live from there very often no I love that that's so helpful because we all can say these things and we go yeah 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 and they're like what the fuck does that mean like I know what it means but but I mean I'm saying I'm I guess I for me what I'm not very in touch with my heart which is weird because anybody who knows me has met me once has seen me perform has read anything I've written and would be like what the fuck you're all heart that's so which is true but but and I am all heart in my expressions. I'm a very loving person, but like, I don't know what my heart wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think That's I know what my soul wants. I think I know what my brain thinks about, but I have no idea what my heart wants. Well, the heart and the soul are very intertwined. And so is the ego, right? Because we, we were trying to simplify it, which is fine. But like, they're all together. Um, but for me, what 
what's allowed me to know the difference is I love talking about this um, and because it happened, I'd say, recently in the last three, four months. I think I've been following my heart for a while. Right. I left a teaching job to do comedy. So that's all in there. But also you also never know, like, wait, did I just pick comedy to get, quote unquote, famous? Right. Mm-hmm. So you can still go, wait, am I still doing this to chase ego. fame? So that way my ego feels like, oh, I have this many followers. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me. What recently shifted, and I talked about this a little bit, was I got this amazing tarot card reading from this healer. Her name's Sarah. And she pulled the devil card for me. And I didn't freak because I know, you know what I mean? Some people are like, ah! And I'm like, okay, I know that it's not like, nah. But she said something that changed my life where she was like, essentially, we have to follow where we're being pulled. And we have so much judgment on it like oh I'm being pulled here but no 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 that's dangerous I did that before that only got me pain you know and and I was trying to like not enter a certain situation because my brain was going no 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 don't do that you know it was like trying to keep me safe in a sense but I was regarding a love relationship why it is (laughs) (laughs) how did you know because you were being vague as fuck yeah thank you Yeah. Okay. I'll be a little less vague. I never know how much, how many details to give. Well, detail makes it resonate, you know? Yeah. While also wanting to respect my privacy, the person's, it's more. This podcast is called Invasion of Privacy. I hate it. It's like my biggest wound, you know? And I I unconsciously named my podcast over the thing that my mother did to me. And then I'm doing it to everyone. I'm like, didn't know it when I, you know, and of course, like, of course, like, I guess six months after I named it that I was like, oh, yeah, that's so funny. after one of your flaws well listen i i have a troubled relationship with my mother and i i know we weren't recording when we were talking about this but you were saying like even when you have bad relationships with people who you can clearly say this person did something hurtful like and and they are the perpetrator you know you don't you still don't have to blame them i don't really blame her but i also you know i can't really engage with her you know what I mean it's very hard (laughs) you know what I mean and I I love her in a way that like I can safely love her do you know what I mean like in fact when we have distance and we don't talk I can love her yeah you know what I mean when 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 we try to engage it's it doesn't work but that's beautiful um I mean that's similar to my situation yeah and but to your point about like naming your podcast after what your mom did to you as much as I in a sense reject my mother because of how badly she hurt me I feel like all the time I'm like am I just constantly doing impressions of my fucking mother and I don't even mean when I purposely do it as a character in comedy I mean like my whole life is just a fucking impression of my mother. That's you know what I mean? So it's you can't escape it is the point. You know, you have Unless to integrate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, OK, so anyway, I'll be a little less vague. Yeah, but so, you don't have to give all the details. OK, so. OK, cool. Well, you know what? There, there, there was this fucking listener who likes gave me these three paragraphs of really mean criticisms and one of them was like you talk a lot about your ex-boyfriend not my ex-husband and and I it like got to me and I was like oh okay like I guess people don't want but I'm sure most people are like we want details I was gonna say and wasn't that just him projecting his own shit onto you 100% exactly okay so um with my with my ex-boyfriend I hadn't talked to him in a long time because it was too painful and um so in that reading with that card, she was like, you're trying to figure out the situation while not engaging it. 
Like you're trying to like not touch it and then figure it out. She's like, you oh, have this to feels trust. so relevant to my life right yeah. now. She's like, you have to trust that you have done enough work that you can enter that situation. And because you're awakened now, you will not repeat the same cycles that you did in the past. Well, that runs so counter to our culture because you, if you even look at an ex's Instagram, people are like, what's wrong with you? You know what I, I mean? I look all the time. <laughs> I don't give a fuck you what know? people tell me to Why do. Why are you doing this to yourself? self you know it's like I don't know once again that's their own stuff which you just said to me about the podcast listener so so but they what they they want to protect you control and yes what happens to you you know what I mean which I get it it is coming from a good place of like I don't want you to get hurt right but like I learned through parenting for example that when you are hyper reactive and always like preemptively not wanting your kid to get hurt, you train them to be terrified. I'm laughing. This is such a dorky joke that just happened in my head. <laughs> it's so dorky and spiritual. No, and you're I gonna can't be like, wait. You're such a dork. When you said I don't want you to get hurt, I was literally I pictured like like the spiritual beings where they push you into the earth yes. plane. You know yes. what I mean? Like yes. like as a joke of like. Yo, you're going to manifest on Earth? <laughs> there's death there. Like, yeah, there's, this is not a place. death there. This is not a place to try to protect from getting hurt. Like, spoiler death. alert, yes, life yes. ends in death. Yes. <laughs> like, literally, this is the place where you have to learn that even with death, there is life. Like, talk yeah. about the ultimate paradox. It's like, there will be so much beauty. And you're going to have, you know, children that you love and they're precious. But guess what? You all die. You all like, die. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a place where you cannot avoid getting hurt. And people, you know, we're so scared, though, to, to we think we have control somehow over death is ultimately what they're actually Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Woody Allen's whole shtick, right? I mean, you know, and look at him. What he ended up doing all kinds of pervy shit because he couldn't accept death, right? I mean, I don't know if the two are entwined or not, but like that might be a whole other, you know, <laughs> to go into a Woody thing. Like I don't, like, I don't even want to. Not in a bad way for him. I'm just like that's a whole to dissect what he did and his behavior because yeah. we all judged it. We love that. We love sitting on our little thrones, looking at celebrities, being like, "Oh my god, can you yeah. believe this person did that?" I Meanwhile, know. we're like masturbating to the most fucked up porn. You know, like <laughs> it's like I'm stop. really trying all the time to to. Even even beyond whether or not I judge, because I don't I don't consider myself a very judgmental person, but what I'm actively trying to do is is feel like I don't need to comment. Beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't, you know I I because why? You know it's like why really we need more of this because we all think we want to comment like we all think we have the right to comment on everyone else's lives <laughs> yeah. and they never fucking asked us yeah and it's just like <laughs> like it's so fun I mean I I suffer from that too and I'm one of the things I've been really looking at and changing well, is also my the entertainment industry it kind of revolves around it in a certain way yeah. now you know because that ties into gossip and celebrities and well, all even that. the whole Amy Schumer thing about the pay and Chappelle and Chris Rock and like mm -hmm. everyone was weighing in on whether or not Amy should have we are weighing can you imagine Linda right now who just asked for a promotion as a teacher all of us being like I don't think Linda should have asked like who the fuck are we people are allowed to ask what they think they deserve for their career Amy never fucking asked us what we think Amy go for whatever you think you deserve 
end of story. And then people wanted to make it about race. I love that. But you know, it, the, the reason why that story provoked people is because it does bring up so many interesting issues, right? Because it does make people want to talk about white feminism and, you know... Then let's get to the issue and leave her out. Do you get, like... I do understand out. That. Yes. You can include it, but yes. that's not... The one situation yeah. isn't... Because for her, that probably wasn't at all about color. That doesn't mean we don't oh, have no, no, a race no. issue. No, I don't think it was at right. all. And I think I saw her Instagram post about it. And I think she did a good job kind of commenting I on her I own story. I think I saw it. I think someone put it on Facebook. Like, yeah. yeah. But then the other thing is, is it, another reason why that story is compelling and of interest is because especially to comics, right? I think comics were the only people who were interested in that story, like low-level comics, right? Because, you know, I'm happy to be paid 100 bucks for 15 minutes. I cannot... Uh, I would love that too. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Whoever's paying 100 for 15. (laughs) I'll give you some names. (laughs) You know, after... I can't imagine getting 11 million for an hour and then going, you know what? I need more. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's bad that she wanted more or that she could get more. I don't want, I don't feel a need to comment on that, but I will say it is, it is noteworthy (laughs) that, that someone can find $11 million insufficient. Right. Of course. But that's, it just shows how everything's relative because you know, I'm sure years ago, the thought of herself getting 11 million is a dream come true. There's a deeper thing probably going on for her, which might not even be the truth of the situation, but she might have felt like, oh, which, which happens a lot in Hollywood. Oh, the female, a female doesn't get as much as a male would. Mm-hmm. Now, who knows what the truth is? Maybe it's because Chappelle and Chris Rock have been famous for such a long time that they worked their way up to that whereas her fame is newer mm-hmm. who knows what is really going on or who the people are that work at Netflix you know like there's so many factors that to compares even whatever mm-hmm. and who knows what she probably felt it was a woman thing we don't even know if that was the case mm-hmm. but the point is whatever the reason is she has a right well, to and say also, what she wants. Everybody has a stake in the game when it comes to making money because that's what happens with capitalism, right? Because it's all one big giant rat race to who's going to get some of the money. So the person who leaked this story is a fucking idiot because it's you know you're opening up a can of worms to misogyny when you talk about whether or not a woman is worth whatever blah blah blah, right? And then you opened up this avenue to talk about race and all this shit and guess who's guess who's trying to get their little crumbs off it the fucking bloggers with the clickbait headlines <laughs> you know what i mean so they can get their 50 I, bucks I a hate post. clicking on those on articles on facebook and suddenly you're like 10 ads start like, you're like i just wanted to read like a short one minute story and yeah. now like a click and close to yeah. 10 things um, because but like look i've been that 50 dollar a post blogger yeah you know what i mean yeah. and that's when you have to look within kate wolf and go do i really do i want to make money off of exploiting other people's stories because it's not really making me that much money and is there something toxic going on here um i used to write jokes for the back of in touch in stasi i don't even remember one of the celebrity mags and 
I don't even think they paid. It was like exposure. Yeah. It was something I did early on in my comedy career. And, you know, it was like, oh, Britney Spears looks fat in this dress. You know what I mean? I mean, it was an actual joke version of that, but that was the joke. You yeah. know what I mean? And then my father died. And I wrote to the editor and I was like, hey, I'm going to need to take two weeks off um, because my father died and I can't come up with fat jokes about celebrities right now. And, you know, this is back when, you know, now this wouldn't even be acceptable. You can't make and that and hey, great, you know, but this was what was happening. And um, I I came back two weeks later and I was like, hey, I'm ready. You know, send me the pics and I'll submit jokes. And they just took me off the list completely. Um, Not because my jokes weren't good, because I think they were good. But I I think that was a turning point for me spiritually that happened, um, you know, kind of without me even having to do anything to create it. Like, it was like a little gift. Well, yeah, you did create it. That's that's what I mean. Like, you know, even though it wasn't your um, conscious decision, I do believe, like, when I left teaching... I did eventually just say I quit, but I had stuff going on that was pushing me out. Like there were Mm -hmm. teachers that didn't want me there. I was starting to get more shit from the union for having jokes on the internet. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, even though I did eventually just say I quit, I think the universe, which was in relationship to what my soul actually really wanted, was getting pushed out of that school. Even though my ego, the terrified, oh, logical, but you need to make money you need to do this way that like eventually because I remember I was like still fighting to stay there and one of the one of the last thoughts was like why are you fighting for something you don't want mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what we do all, all the, time. the time yeah but let me get back to the it'll be quick the the how do I know I'm following my heart situation oh, which yeah. We, we yeah but because I also want to get to the whole Mary Magdalene thing ah. um which we don't have to spend the whole time on but like that's what I'm geeking out over um so the heart thing essentially in that situation was for whatever reason I was being pulled to reach out to my ex-boyfriend even though I was terrified and, and I didn't uh, want to feel rejected. Recently? Yeah, this was about three or four months ago. Okay. And um, but that reading really shifted me because and she didn't just talk about him. She was like. You know, I, I was struggling with weed, like, because every time I would smoke, I would beat myself up and think that I did something wrong. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a healer. I should be able to be dead sober to access these planes of existence and these things, you know. And and then do you fight with yourself? I do. Once I start beating myself up, I fight with myself and I fight for myself. So, <laughs> so then I'll go, you know, well, you shouldn't fucking, I don't smoke weed, but, you know, you shouldn't smoke weed because now you're just being a lazy piece of shit. And then it's like, no. Well, I'm tapping into creativity. Yeah, well, you shouldn't need this to tap into creativity because if you were actually good, you wouldn't need this shit. Yeah, but God made plants, you know, and then <laughs> it's like just that's the best last one. But God <laughs> made plants. Yes. Well, essentially, that's what she said. She um, I don't even know if this woman ever smokes or not, but she's very much into plant medicine in general. Mm-hmm. Like she has her own garden and all essential oil stuff. So she was like, listen, that is plant medicine. And she's like, as long, it's always intent behind your relationship to something. So someone could be doing yoga with the intent to use it as spiritual awakening. Someone could be doing yoga as an eating disorder. What mm-hmm. your intent and mm-hmm. your relationship to it is determines what you get out of it. That's, mm-hmm. it's all relationship, this, uh, the healing path and just life in general. So she was like, if you put out your intent and it's to grow, and also I get anxiety and honestly, the plant medicine 
often allows me to just calm, which maybe the C, oh God, I'm going to mess up the name. I think it's CBD, CBD oil. It's oh, yeah, cannabis yeah, yeah. oil. Mm-hmm. So you can even get, which I'm planning on getting, just the oil that doesn't get you high would probably have a similar calming effect in my I'm body. I'm going to Denver and I will get you some. <gasps> I think you can even get it here. Oh, really? Yeah, because it doesn't have the, um, yeah. the, the, well, whatever. whatever. I'll still get you I would some still from love out it. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still, yeah. I'll still smoke that one, even though it's oil and it'll probably make me sick. But um, yeah. Well, because you know they have the beautiful pharmacies out there. I did. I went out to Denver a couple months ago, and my friend took me to one. And I considered smoking pot there because it's legal. And I, but I haven't smoked pot in twenty years. Really? Yeah. And I'm very sensitive. Like you know how you said you don't drink coffee because you're yeah. sensitive to caffeine. That's how I am with marijuana. Oh my gosh. And so I, you know, it used to give me panic and stuff. And I was like, this is not fun, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I'm curious to try it again, but also scared. Yeah. I hadn't really ever gotten high until like my late, late 20s. Mm. And Well, that's actually good because attention children and parents out there, you're not supposed to smoke weed before your brain is fully developed because it can fuck you up. And I think that that's what happened to me, you know, because your brain is like not ready to handle. Did you smoke early on? Yeah. Like in oh, okay. high school and college and, you know. I don't know. I don't want to go either way because I don't have any studies because I could say like yeah and then someone would be like actually I was smoking since I was dead and I'd be like cool like I'm just yeah, like well, right. I read studies about it because yeah. I used to write about parenting but anyway but yeah so I didn't start smoking till later on in life and I used to be so like so sensitive where I'd take a little and I'd be like oh my god the eye of god it's, yeah you know? yeah yeah um and now I've definitely built up a tolerance. A, a tolerance but I mean I'm still pretty like if you give me uh a semi-strong edible I am so tapped into the hologram where it's like terrifying <laughs> like I swear to God, I was, do you know, do you know Karen Margolis? I know her name, but I don't know. Okay. Her. So whenever I'm with her, Did I she gets me I just so high. On the floor. I think I we're good. I think that. we're good. So, so, oh my God. How long have we been talking? Too Shut long. I told up. you Are it was going to be long. You're going to have to edit it. Okay. It's, um, right. it's fine. You can edit it. I'm not editing shit. I don't <laughs> edit. Um, but I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, but I, I'll do this real quick. I got real high with her recently. And like, because I do believe this is a holographic nature of reality. It's all hologram. And it was so, I okay, was all so right, all right, Hold in. on, hold on, hold on. Pull, hold that thought. <laughs> reality check. Fine. Okay. Let's say we're in a hologram. What, is it like the Matrix where we like exist somewhere else and we're beamed out here? Or how does that work? Let's get back to that. Cause I'm not, I'm not <laughs> okay. totally sure, actually. All right. I'll, I'll, expl- I'll, I'll say what I think think but that that is a mystery still to me okay that is definitely still a mystery that i try not to go too far into because then panic because yeah. i don't i don't want to think about my body because you some can't weird, handle the truth yeah, no i just yeah maybe maybe it would be scarring but <laughs> that's anyway what i always think that's why i tell the ghosts to stay away from me because oh, i can't me too. no with me too i can't i'm not ready i'm like yeah i'm not about this shit um right, go on Anyway, Karen I, every time I started panicking when I was high, I'd hear sirens, which is how the hologram. Kind of worked. <laughs> so I'd start, I'd start getting panicky, and it would be like, wee, and I'd be like, stop it! So it was like so, it was like too much. Like every time, wait, panic you're happened, like that guy who called nine one one when he was. <laughs> I am like that. I think about him all the time. I get so I because I yeah no sometimes I get so crazy where I'm like but I can't call nine one one because then they'll record it and I'll be that person that everyone cry no but there is I, I'll have to play it for you I was on I was on uh uh Mike Cannon and Tim's deep inside the rabbit hole their old podcast okay. and they gave me an edible oh, God. and it kicked in the podcast was fifteen minutes. 
because I spiraled and they were like, like, I'll have to play. It's like a minute. I'll have to play it for you where essentially they were like, they're like, let's check on, let's check in on Kate. How are you doing? And I was like, not okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly why I stopped smoking marijuana. And I love drug stories. They make me laugh almost harder than anything else. They're the best. When people tell a fucking drug story, I just, I cry and I shake and I laugh because it's so funny because if you've ever had a fucked up high, you just know. It's just. It's so real in that moment. Like, when you come through it, you're like, whoa, okay. But like, yeah. In the moment you're like no I, that's the thing that day so we stopped the podcast they had to, i that was like the best of it they brought me in the green room that's when i saw the eye of god i entered a time I loop can't. angels were coming to me but not in like a fun way so like <laughs> so <laughs> it was so wait so tim's walking me to the car and i'm like and i'm gone like he's with me but i'm in a hole and i look at him and i go i'm gonna scream at the top of my lungs no. and he goes no he was like no you're not and I was like yeah I am I was like I said I was like none of this is real doesn't fucking matter I go I can scream they can judge me but I know we're all crazy like I was like Alice in Wonderland I was like we're all crazy down here doesn't fucking matter so I can scream he's like do not scream he was like trying to like rush me into the car he's like dear god please don't let her start because I was ready to just like full on at the top of my lungs (laughs) Scream. Is this Tim Dillon? No, oh. no, my ex boyfriend Tim Rothschild. Oh, oh, yes. oh, oh! He was. A Meanwhile, sport. I'm picturing this whole thing with Tim Dillon and him being. Can like, you imagine? Shut the fuck up! Oh yeah, can you imagine getting that eye with Tim <laughs> Dillon? He would be recording the entire thing. He would be egging me on, He'd be like, really, really. All right, uh, could you go? Could you go channel the devil for me and tell me what he has to? He would fuck you up. Yeah. Because then I would. I, I, at that point, I could channel any fucking deity and I wanted to. And that's why you to. got the devil card. And you'd be like, Yeah, the fucking ram guy would come. And I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> that's why I don't want to do ayahuasca. Because I just. Oh, my most God. My- you know Mehran? Yes. He yes. did it. How was it? He, I, well, ask him about it. Have him on your podcast. No, see, some people have love. Some people have these lovely trips where they see. No, I don't. Th- I mean, I think it was lovely, like in the sense that he got good stuff out of it. But I think it was brutal. Oh, okay. And Mike Kaplan did it too. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to have the kind where I'm, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Oh, again. I would it's just so fucking puke scary. my body till I turned inside out. Like that's what would happen to me. Do you know what I mean? And I would die in fucking Peru. That's what would happen oh to my me. God. I'm sure I am going to do, I can feel within this next year that I probably will do a more intense plant medicine other than weed. I'm just, I don't think I'm there quite yet. Although I'm getting close. Mm-hmm. I just want to offer, <laughs> you don't have to. You know what I mean? No, no, it's because my soul. Talk about the heart. It's because yeah. there's something pulling me. I used to be almost anti weed, all this stuff, like mm-hmm. um, to a point where it was so strict. And now I think for me, it's part of my healing path. Well, you have to be willing to let go. And this brings back Woody Allen, right? Because he can't let go. He can't let go even of the natural idea that he's going to die like or let go into that idea. You know what I mean? That's what I feel is that my journey is about letting go into things, right? Mm. I never was able to let go because I had to be hypervigilant as a child because it was like, when is the other shoe going to drop? When is somebody going to walk into this room and start screaming and then beat me with a hairbrush? You know, and so it's like, it's very hard for me to fucking relax, 
relax. Yeah, it's called hypervigilance. Yeah. You're constantly on alert for, yeah. for danger. Yeah. And so my journey is about letting go into things. And that's why for when the sound guy at Union Hall said, let it go. I'm like, okay, I'll let it go. You know what I mean? Like, just constantly. Let it go. Yeah, girl. Oh, I want to do Let it, it go. <laughs> can't hold it back anymore. What is that? I can't even I don't remember. Know. I just was like, anything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, there's not enough time to fucking go into, I'll have to do a Mary Magdalene thing a whole other we'll time. we have to do a whole Mary Magdalene Whatever. hour. Whatever. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't meant to be yet. I yeah. Maybe I need more information. <laughs> I'm on such a kick though. I've been reading all these articles and I'm reading a book on it now. And, um, so I'll have to. Well, so once you finish the book. Oh, maybe it's going to we'll be finished tonight. No, oh, no, no, shit. Really, yeah. I might have to, I might even get like an expert for it on like yeah, you who, should. even if they disagree like someone who's like an expert in their version of uh the bible do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't know it'll it'll happen when it's meant we were meant to talk i mean it went well i you wanted and I, to talk went more by about so love but it, it, maybe it's good that we didn't oh no i want to hear we can we have like we can go a little Some over things are better Let me left hear. unsaid no, no, no i want to hear no i just think it's fa- this whole shit about like whether or not you should talk to an ex fascinates me and whether or not it's safe to put yourself in harm's way because then it's like, well, you know, well, why is it harm's way? It's only harm's way if I'm not ready, right? I mean, isn't mm. that the kind of concept that you're talking about? Yeah. About like trying to get other people to understand like, no, I'm okay. Like I worked through whatever this relationship provoked and I'm ready and willing and interested in going back for more because I think there's more yeah. to learn. And I do agree with that. And I have felt that way myself. But then I, I wonder, I check myself. That other voice goes, yeah, but really, aren't you just addicted to this dude? And don't you just want another hit? Isn't that really what's happening? Well, first of all, it could be both, which isn't a problem. So I have found, <laughs> I'm serious. Why are you being so reasonable? <laughs> this is what, I mean, look. Not just with my recent ex, but in so many of my past relationships, um, people have been like, oh, d- why would you re-engage that person when you know there's only pain? And and I'm like, because I choose my life and what I want to do and mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I will figure it out. Because if you're being pulled to that person, first of all, it doesn't mean you have to go to everything you're being pulled to. So if you're being pulled to do heroin, doesn't mean you do heroin. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you don't do heroin, by the way either um which is a whole other fucking segment but um, well i remember the first time we really hung out and broke down you were like look if you incarnate and you choose to be a murderer and i was like all right kate i mean seriously though i'm not once again not a fan of murderers but i also think murdering animals is a thing so yeah it's morality um, a lot of us don't want to face that, but it's a lot grayer than we realize. Mm-hmm. We make our rules. It's murder if it's a human. It's not if it's an animal. Da, 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 da. Okay. So for me, it's like, you know, opening up to the grayness while also when you do the spiritual work, wanting to walk the path of the Bodhisattva, which is having compassion once again for yourself and others. Mm-hmm. And for me, I rarely even eat. I don't eat meat, but every now and then I'll have some fish, which always creates a whole dilemma within my body but I try to live a life where I'm hurting the least amount of things as possible while also being very forgiving and understanding of whatever a person's path is because it's easy for me to sit here and say I would never do that meanwhile 
well, we're all God and that person is. So what does that fucking say? We are all a collective machine and we all are crucial parts of that machine. So whatever is that's happening is meant to be happening. Doesn't mean we can't heal it. Do you get what I'm saying? It doesn't mean it has to stay that way, which is why I'm a healer. I want to help change the collective. I see mm. the pain. I sense the pain. And I don't, I don't, what's the word? I don't want to say I don't like the way it is because that sounds like I'm denying reality. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that really hurts that there's so much suffering in the world. And you can't get rid of suffering, but you can make it better. And I would love to see a world where we're all united. Yo, this reminds me, my friend Desiree Birch. I think I just got too close to the mic. I got I got a real intimate feeling and I just <laughs> accidentally French the mic. I'm sorry. Um, my friend Desiree Birch one time said to me when I first started, I guess, my spiritual path in earnest, you know, um, she was like, look, every individual blooming in enlightenment helps the whole. Mm-hmm. And like... My own was so orgasm. Mm. Yeah. And like, I... <laughs> get it because I used to be in so much fucking pain it was it's actually really (laughs) fucked up to think about it you know what I mean and I'm I don't live in that pain anymore and it is crazy because having gone through the experience of that transformation I know there's nothing I can do to give that to someone else Mm. there's nothing I can do to make all of us collectively experience that. So then you have to ask yourself, well, what are the things that I can do to, to make a difference besides just working on myself? And that, and when it comes to relationships, you know, it's like, are they about guiding each other or is it something else? I don't know. Cause I've never done it right. I don't think not that I necessarily did it wrong. I just don't, feel like I have a lot of great insight. <laughs> well, yeah, before we before we end the podcast, let's get into that plus the the X mm-hmm. on that well, love Because it's related. Yeah. And because we've obviously been wanting to get into that. And I want to like get into like the crux of essentially what your question is on the personal level with it, like where you're at right now, because do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you have a question almost, uh, even if you don't want to make it too personal about like, do you get what I'm saying or no? Well, I guess, you know, my friend Jen Kwok, um, I always like to credit my friends for their brilliant ideas and, and what everyone is bringing into each other's lives. So she told me about the concept of like dating relationships, let me put it that way, as you go and develop more relationships throughout life, you're you're on this spiral, this upward spiral, mm. right? So theoretically, right, if you're if you're on the path, let's say your relationships keep getting better because you you learn how to be better in relationships and you learn more about yourself beautiful so you're bringing a better self to those relationships but but because it's a spiral you're still coming back around to the same themes all the time and the same touch points just on a higher level raising right? consciousness yeah. yeah and so i've observed that that i that essentially you could say from my relationship with my mother onward all the way through every man i've ever been intimate with it's all been the same relationship and just sort of a, a, a higher, a, a more elevated mm-hmm. version of that same relationship. And so it's like, 
what is that? Why is that happening to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 it because you know psychology explains a lot of this, right? So we've been talking strictly in in spiritual terms, but then if you bring in the psychological elements, they're they're. Psych- psychology is a little more judgmental in the, because it's meant to explain things that have to do with the mind, right? So it's like, well, this is repetition compulsion and this is this thing. And, and I thing. think it's all linked. I think the psychological, there's a psychological universe, physical universe, spiritual universe, and you can't separate. They're all intertwined. And I think essentially what you're saying, what your friend's saying is true. Where And we were talking about this in the car of like, you know, life keeps creating situations for you to learn lessons, you know, usually hard lessons, usually lessons we're not complete fans of, whether it's mastering this thing of always feeling rejected. And and because that's what I'm working on in my life is why I brought that up. But often that wound of rejection that starts with parent relationships and then it replays out not just in love romantic relationships, but also often in friendships. It's just really interesting because the more you keep going within and becoming aware of your role in the dynamic, the more you can heal and not continue to create that same drama over and over again. Well, with this last guy, I was very aware of of my role in the dynamic, you know, in relationships prior to this one. And that's why I thought this one was going to work because I wasn't bringing any of that same stuff to the table. And in fact, one time he asked me point blank, are you here to fix me? And I have no idea where that came from. And I was like, no. And he was like, are you here? Cause I'm broken. And I was like, no. And I wasn't, it was, I, you know, was telling the truth. And, and I thought, well, this is great that this is happening actually, because I like to be able to claim this and say no. And that's, uh, you know, I don't have an agenda here. And I didn't push him towards anything. In fact, I was conscious the whole time of being like, there's something going on. And he just needs space. And when he's ready to tell me, he's going to tell me. And that was how I approached it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out <laughs> he didn't tell me. And the thing was that he was fucking somebody else. But, uh, and and there's more, many more things right, too, right. of course, right? So, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, I when I entered this relationship, I, I was cautious you know, because I got a kid and I don't want to. I've been dating for years in New York, but it never got serious, you know, to the point where my kid would be involved, you know, and thinking, you know, once we got to that like sixth date where it was like, oh, we're going to move forward, you know, and my kid is going to be involved at some point. I felt very cautious. Like, I don't want to bring you around if this is not a real thing, you know, and he came around and she was there and she liked him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we did stuff, the three of us, all the time. Yeah. And so to to then kind of have the rug pulled out from underneath me was just such a disappointment. You know what I mean? I don't even feel personally hurt by the reality of the situation because I know that's his stuff. And I get it. And you'll figure it out or you won't. But... I don't understand why did you come into my life then? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, once again, not everyone has to believe the what I believe, you know, because I do believe that everything does happen for a reason and it's to learn the lesson. And often lessons are not something that we necessarily can like 
make sense of is like, this was the exact lesson, period. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? A lot of times it's about feelings and allowing all that disappointment and pain or whatever came up because it's always such a mixed we maybe even relief that you found out then and not years later and dot 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 right so it's like often the lessons are are quite simply sometimes to bring up these feelings that for whatever reason we have yet to make peace with ultimate disappointment which could be linked once again to death of like this thing that was birthing and then completely, you know, like this thing, this new thing and and your brain or your soul, whatever you'd call it, starts to create visions of the future, mm-hmm. right? Of, of, oh my gosh, I see that this is going to go here, here and here. And then suddenly, boom, falls, crashes. It's a death, right? Mm-hmm. Not an actual death, but it's a death. And there's something I don't want to because I can't sit here and say exactly what your lesson was. That would be um, well. I know. I me. know what he did for me while we were together, and yeah. and that he changed. And then we do have to wrap up. Yeah, he changed my life in a profound way, yeah. and so I can I can say for that reason alone, we had to meet. It's just very hard when when you're like, oh, cool, that was the time we had, and I got this involved, and now psh, done, you know, and a betrayal and whatever. You know what I mean? It might not be done. I'm not saying. It is or isn't. Um, I don't know. But there still feels like there's still stuff to be worked out around that with or without him involved. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it still feels like there's something that hasn't yet been chewed or eaten. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there's this thing that still, as we said in the car, alchemized. Like there's Mm -hmm. a thing there that Mm -hmm. still needs to be brought to the light. Whether it was your role in that, that you still have yet to see or understand because you're saying you know you went slow and you didn't want to fix so whatever that thing is um and I don't know what it is I mean we could do a not on the podcast like I can pull some angel cards for you or whatever to try to feel into what it was but like there is still something that you have yet to fully grasp and that's cool like it might take you a year or more to fully understand why that situation happened like I think I'm still understanding why things certain, you know, like even like a first grade story has been coming up. I'm like, no oh, way. now yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, now I know why that girl kicked a rock at my lip. Like, I remember I was chasing after a really popular girl in um, first grade and she kicked a rock at my lip. And all I felt was like the rock hit and like I was bleeding and I just looked. It was and at first I thought it was almost an accident. And then I looked at her and she goes, that's what you get for always following me around. And that pain like oh my god you meant to do that do you get what I'm saying like like such a rejection and 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 I I recently that story has been coming up and it's been making sense of just rejection and feeling not wanted and how it played out in my home life and with friendships and with lovers and I wasn't always on the end of getting the rock kicked at sometimes I was the one kicking the rock and you know, so so things like that, sometimes it takes a super long time to understand, oh, that that's a rejection wound that I was playing both sides of in different relationships. And I still don't understand the full, full, full thing of why I was even creating situations to make other people feel rejected. I don't fully understand. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I was not always the victim in it. Um, so that's why I'm like, sometimes these things, you know, like you might years later look and be like, oh, wow. 
you know, and, and I'll have, I, I do have some insights that I can share with you off the podcast. It might even be too personal to do on. And like, I'm learning that it's not always best to share everything. <laughs> yeah. It's a new thing. It, it's so funny because I did, I said this in the last one, I did write a poem for my ex-boyfriend and I, and I sent it to him and I told one of my close friends and she was like, oh, can you read the poem for me? And I, I think it was one of the first times in my life I was like, no. Like, I was like, that's so personal. And I could feel she was almost like a little surprised, like she understood. And and her surprise let me know that I've been oversharing way too much because, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I was like, oh, she was surprised because I'm used to just being like, here I am, full exposure, da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, oh, I've been really overly exposing myself and didn't really fully see it because I thought it was like part of my career or part of my personality. Mm -hmm. I'm just an open book. Like, yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, no, there was, there was something, there was something to that overly exposure that was disrespecting me Mm -hmm. and I didn't see it. I was Mm -hmm. letting people in almost, we can get into it. There was almost like a trap or something Mm -hmm. like come in, come in, look at me. And then they're like, oh, well, now let me tell you what I think. And I'd be like, you're not the boss. Like, it was this weird, like, I let you in and then I attack, right? And, um, but attack in my own way that was not. Very friendly way. Yeah, or not, (laughs) or, you know, like, but yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying is like, I think, I don't know. I think there are things in that realm that uh, I forget what the fucking main point was. I'm <laughs> <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Shit. See, wrong note. Right? Because I haven't practiced. But that's beautiful. But that- accept it accept it well that's what I like about just singing off the cusp is like it's not about perfection it's about you have a beautiful voice it's about having fun and being like oh yeah look that note messed up right there but I'm still an amazing singer you know what I mean like being <laughs> yeah. amazing doesn't mean you yeah. don't trip or whatever like it's like yeah because if I were here to yeah, be like tell oh it my to god Jennifer Lawrence oh I will no <laughs> but you know like if I sat here like oh my god I can't believe she fucked up a note like yeah. that's on exactly. me exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe when she shit, it smells a little bit. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> here I stand and here I'll stay. Let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. What a perfect song to end on, too. <laughs> All right. Well, where can they find you? Where can people follow you? Um, in this hologram of life, you can find me <laughs> at facebook.com slash Carolyn Castilia. Carolyn Castilia on Instagram. Uh, Miss CKC on Twitter. Live all over New York City all the time. If you go to any of those social media outlets, you'll see my shows posted. I have a website, comediancarolyn.com, that also has my calendar. And uh, hanging out on the corner in South Slope. And your podcast, Daughter Knows Best? Yes. We're releasing next week. So that's the last week of August. So there'll be three episodes up. And then we'll release one a week after that. And then we're doing a live show as part of Cinderblock Comedy Festival, September 10th, 730 at Artichoke Pizza in Bushwick. It's on Wyckoff Avenue. Um, And our guests are Khalid Rahman, Sydney Washington, and Jonathan Colton and his eight-year-old son. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, for me, you guys go to my website, check it out. It's thekatewolf.com. I have a blog on there. It's very personal. And it's uh, all poetry to her ex-boyfriend. It, it's pretty much. No, uh, <laughs> it's just like, I was, I actually reread some of them and like, 
every post for the last like month and a half is like something's shifting it's shifted <laughs> shift I just keep saying shit and I'm like okay like you know what I mean it's just so funny because eats one I'm like it's shifted <laughs> it's shifting shift it but it's true but it's yeah. just so funny because I'm like oh my god I sound like a crazy person like for the next year it's gonna be like I'm shifted I shifted <laughs> I sh- I, it sounds like I shit yeah I shifted myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please call this episode. I shifted, I shifted myself. myself. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, Twitter, Instagram at the Kate Wolf. If you guys want a healing tarot card reading, it's kwolf27gmail.com. And thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.